Welcome to the Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church Modern Worship Service. We are glad you chose to worship with us today. A few things before the service begins. We would love to know who is worshiping with us today, especially if you're a guest. Grab your phone and scan the QR code you see on the screen or in your bulletin to fill out our digital connect card. You can also register your attendance by visiting phumc.com connect. And if you are a guest, our worship staff would love to meet you following the service to get to know you and give you a small gift. Kids are an important part of worshiping together as a family, so we have kids worship packs available just for you. These packs have activities and lessons that are designed to follow along with the scripture and message of today's worship. For those in person, kids worship packs are available from the ushers or at the welcome counter at the rear of the room. For those worshiping with us online, kids worship packs are available at phumc.com kids. To help stay engaged in the daily life of the church, be sure to follow us on social media. Again, we are glad you chose to worship with us today. We hope you enjoy worship. Hey, good morning, friends. We're so grateful for your presence this morning. Go ahead and stand as you are able as we sing together.
our prayer show us your glory today we are so desperate for you and we ask that you meet us in this place today let your spirit overflow we love you so much and we give you this time it's in your name we pray amen who am i that the highest king would welcome me I was lost, but he brought me in, oh, his love for me, oh, his love for me. Sing it out. Who the sun sets free, oh, he's free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I He has ransomed me, His grace runs While I was asleep to sin, Jesus died for me Yes, He died for me Who the Son sets free, for His
Amen, amen. Can we celebrate that today? Go ahead and take this time, friends, to go ahead and turn to those around you. Welcome them to church today. Y'all can grab a seat. Welcome again. It is such a joy to be with you today in worship this morning. My name is Kathleen McMurray. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am so excited to be in church with you today. Both those of you who are joining with us in person as well as those worshiping with us online, we're so thankful for your presence this morning. We're also so thankful that today we are welcoming to give us our word Dr. Todd Renner from White's Chapel United Methodist Church in South Lake Texas as part of our rainy series. We're so thankful y'all are, are going to hear a wonderful word uh, from Dr. Renner this morning, and we're so excited to welcome him uh, into our Pulaski Heights family. We're also, again, so excited to welcome you. We know that Coming to church on Sunday mornings for some is exciting and it is part of our daily routine and it is a glorious thing that we all get really pumped about. And for others of us, coming to church takes courage and it's hard because of where our faith is, because where our lives are, um, and because what's going on. And so thank you for worshiping with us. Thank you for being here today. And know that whatever you are going through uh, in life, that God is, is meeting you in the midst of that here in this space. Um, God meets you where you are, but we also say every week that God does not leave us where we are. Uh, that in a faith community, that the burdens that we have are made lighter and the celebrations even more joyous. So in this community, we bring those burdens, we bring those struggles, we bring those deep parts of our hearts into this place of worship, knowing that God is meeting us here and receiving them. We're gonna enter into a time of prayer today, and we're gonna, as part of this, pray for our community, and we're gonna pray for all of those prayers that we have. So in a time of silence, you're invited to voice your prayers aloud, loudly or softly, knowing that God hears us no matter what. If you'd like to submit a prayer request to our church, you can do so at phumc.com prayer, or you can uh, take a prayer card in the backs of your seats um, and place them in the offering baskets or in the prayer station uh, in the back of the room. We have prayer stations set up here. And if you'd like to light a candle for your prayer and give that to God in that way, we welcome you to do so also. So in this time of worship, let us take a deep breath. Let us bring before God and before one another the prayers that are on our heart. Eternal God, you are the maker of us all and we are your creation. People formed in your image as individuals, as community, formed and fed and furnished with understanding of who you are and of who and whose we are. And so we worship you today in recognition of your calling, of your communicating and of your caring to invite us to share in your creative and healing work. God, we pray your caring work on those who need special care in our community and world today. We pray for Daniel Hines and family and the death of his father, Thomas Hines, for the friends and family of Warren Odell Parks in his recent death, for Emily Wineland and family and the death of her mother, Rebecca Bogan, Tim Jackson and family and the death of his uncle, Leonard Jackson, and Debbie Benson and family and the death of her brother-in-law, Dave Tukoski. God, for all of those who are grieving. We know that grief is, is such a palpable thing, whether we've lost those recently or whether we have lost those long ago, God, it can come in waves. And so when we are grieving today, when those aches come into our hearts, I pray that you will just be there to offer your comfort. God, we also pray your comfort on those who are sick. For Archer, Shirley, Jenny Garner, Maggie Schneider, Debbie Hayes, and all of those who are struggling with sickness today, God. For their family, for their doctors, for their caregivers, God, bless them with your wisdom and guidance um, so, that, so that they can bring about and experience your healing. God, we pray for those struggling with addiction, with mental health struggles that are so often unseen by those of us around them. But God, you see all of our struggles. 
And we pray that you will send those struggling with those unseen needs, people, and send them courage so that they can be restored to your shalom and your wholeness. God, we pray for those struggling against systems of injustice and oppression, those fighting for freedom in China and Ukraine and here in our own country, God, who, who struggle to recognize that they are, are living out and they have the opportunity to live out your image in them. God, give them your strength and empower them to live out the fullness of their lives that you've given them. We pray for those, God, who are survivors of abuse and violence and pray that you will give them strength and healing and restore that image that has been so broken and hurt by our world. God, we're here because you, we have heard you speak in us and through others. And so help us, God, today to, to ever respond to you and to your invitation of grace. You're the God of our moments, our days, and our nights. You speak and you act in the world around us, not only to call all people to you, but also to direct and guide us in the way of healing and wholeness. And so, God, we pray that you will awaken us to what you would hear us, what we would have us hear today. Be with Dr. Renner as he brings your message, that it can be a message that speaks to us and guides us in your life uh, of discipleship that you have for us. Throughout our lives, God, help us to open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to your presence. Help us to know when the voice we are hearing is your voice and not those prejudices and desires which we have in our hearts and sometimes pay heed to. God, we pray that your church can rise up with renewed commitment and answer to your call, that all people may be instruments of your grace and love made in your image. God, we give you thanks for this church that seeks to be a church of people in your image. And we give you thanks for folks that have found their home here and are becoming a part of our community. We rejoice in the baptism of Robin Boyce Tolleson, child of Arden and Josh Tolleson, and grandchild of Patty and Charlie Coleman. And for our new members, Robbie Malchow, Virginia and Clinton Tolles, God, we are so grateful folks are finding their home and their purpose as your church. And we pray that together as your church, we can inspire love for all of those that you have helped, that you have created in this world. God, help us to embrace the love of Christ for us and for all made in your image and help us to engage your world filled with those made in your image so that all may know the power of your creative healing and restoring peace. God, we pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, through the power of the spirit, praying together as he taught us to pray, saying, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue in our worship today, we give thanks for all of the wonderful worship spaces at Pulaski Heights. Because of your gifts, we have been able to make significant improvements, upgrades, and renovations in both our modern spaces and our uh, classic worship spaces um, here at Pulaski Heights within the last year. And because you give, uh, Pulaski Heights is able to create powerful worship experiences through our music, our messages, our technology, and the radical ways that we share God's love with the world. So if you would like to make a gift today, you can do so by the ways that are found on the back of your bulletin or on your screen. And as our ushers come forward, let us pray together. Gracious, loving, and generous God, we give you thanks for the ability to worship in this space and wherever we may be. We ask that you bless these gifts and help remind us that your love reaches beyond these walls. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.
spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before i took a breath you breathed your life been so so kind to me Stand as you are able this morning as we sing together. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. Sing it out. Thanks for singing with us this morning. You can go ahead and grab a seat. 
Amen. Amen. What a what a powerful time of worship that that we've shared this morning. Uh, Trent and Shane, Brooke, thank you all so much for the way that, that y'all have led us. Worship team band, thank you all so much. Patrick, I know your crew back there uh, kind of hiding in the dark in the back. Uh, thank you for what y'all contribute for the way that you, uh, you lead us in worship as well. And, and Kathleen, um, uh, Reverend McMurray, it has been a real honor to, to get to, to serve with you and, and uh, just to, to laugh with you, to get to know you over these past couple of days. Um, it, is, it really is an honor to get to be with you here at Pulaski Heights UMC. Um, I don't know if you know it or not. Um, and I know we're Christians and you know that whole humility thing, we're not supposed to pat ourselves on the back. Um, I don't know if you know just what a, what a leading congregation this church is, um, not just locally, not just in the annual conference, um, not just in, you know, in this community, but in, in Methodism itself. In, in the denomination, people look to you, we look to you. And so it's been, it's been a real treat to get to come up here and to share with y'all. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's actually kind of rare. I was joking this morning, but I really wasn't joking. It's kind of rare when everything you hear about a church actually turns out to be true. Um, and with Pulaski, it, it really is true here at PH. Thank you. Uh, thank you for actually overwhelming any sort of expectation that, that we had with, with your facility, with just the, the, the kindness of your people, your overwhelming generosity. Um, and just a little plug for, I think it's Whole Hog Barbecue. Um, Okay, I don't know. Are we recording this one? Because I don't want this to get back to Texas. I'm a Southeastern boy. I grew up in the sticks in North Florida. I'm not a fan of Texas barbecue, but man, whole hog was just like being back at home. Um, and so thank y'all so much for that too. A little, a little taste of home for me. But um, I, have been th- I have been praying for weeks. Honestly, I've been praying for weeks about what message to bring, like, like what, what to say this morning. Because what's, what's the one message that you bring on the road? I, I, I don't know. Uh, and, and so I was praying, I'm praying, praying, trying to discern it. And, and, and it struck me last week. Because I really hope that this isn't true of y'all's community, but I fear that it is because it seems to be true of all Christian communities that, that we have real issues uh, imagining God. This God in whose image we have been created, we have, we really struggle to, to bring up any sort of concept in our mind because over the years, good people, well-meaning, well-intentioned people have planted these thoughts. They've planted these, these images in our heads. They've planted these images in our hearts of who God is. And those images, they've caused real problems. Those images, I'm sure for, for some of us in here, some joining online, those images have caused, have caused real pain. And some, of the, some of the more popular ones, there's the, the doting grandfather God, you know, sitting in a, on a puffy white cloud somewhere in the heavens. It's a God that's really easy to pull one over on. A God whose only real power is making a quarter somehow appear from behind our ear, but not really capable of doing much else. Then there's the, the kind of distant creator God who spoke the world into motion, who created the cosmos, and then just kind of stepped back in, in distant disinterest to see how everything would kind of pan out. Then my favorite, the, the one I grew up with, was the angry judge God. A God who sat on his throne of righteous indignation, who was always disappointed with us. A God we can never please because we never quite lived up to expectations. We never quite chose rightly enough. But then Jesus came along. And Jesus gave us an altogether different image of God. Jesus talked about God as this father who runs to us. This this God who wants nothing more than to have a relationship, a real relationship, an authentic relationship with us. It's it's the image of, of God that we get in the story of the prodigal son. And I know I am well aware as one who grew up pretty much every week of my life growing up in church, I know that there are certain scriptures, I know there are certain passages, certain stories that are so familiar to us. We think, oh yeah, I've I've heard this one before. And we just, you're kind of tempted to check out. Let me urge us, let let me beg us even this morning not to do that, but instead to dive deep. To dive deep into, into this truth that Jesus says, this is who God is. For us to discover who God is and who we can be because of that. Um, and, and I reckon that probably most of us are, are somewhat 
familiar with the story of the prodigal son, but for those of us who aren't, there is the story in the Bible and the gospel of Luke. That's where we're going to be this morning. And there's the story of this young man, this younger son who has been working for the family business for years, and he's always been kind of dominated. He's dominated by the stronger father. He's dominated by the stronger, this really stronger older brother. And the older brother's going to take over the family business one of these days. It's just his birthright. And and so the younger man, the, the younger son decides that he wants to strike off on his own. He wants to go and make a name for himself. And so he has the audacity, he has the temerity to go to his father and to ask for his share of the inheritance. And the father agrees and gives him his inheritance and he goes off into a distant land and there he squanders it. He wastes it in dissolute living. Or if you're a fan of the King James, I love it. he wastes it in riotous living. He blows it. He blows through all of his money. He blows through all of his new friends. They dump him. They abandon him as soon as the bank runs dry. And this man, he, he finds himself at rock bottom, having to take a job that, that would be the most despicable, the most despised job of, that, that any Jewish person of this time would, would have ever conceived of. He, he found himself tending the pigs, but it was there again at rock bottom. So often where it happens, there in that rock bottom place is there by the hog troughs that he comes to his senses. As there in that rock bottom place that, that he dreams of home and he plans his return. He plans what he's going to say to his father to convince him to let him come back. And that's where I want us to pick up this morning. And so if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up. Again, we're going to be in the gospel of Luke this morning, uh, Luke chapter 15. So open up your Bibles if you have them. Maybe you have a Bible app on a cell phone with you this morning. Go ahead and turn it on. Uh, turn it on. Again, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, starting our reading this morning with, with verse 20. Friends, hear the word of the Lord. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he ran and he put his arms around him and kissed him. And then his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. And put a ring on his finger and put sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And is this extraordinary image of God, this exquisite image of God, of love and grace and mercy that comes running to us. And it's made even more so whenever we realize that, that Jesus is saying that this is the way, this is the way that God sees us. And there are a couple of details in here that I really want us to look at. Details that maybe in all of our, our former hearings of this tale, maybe, maybe we've missed, maybe we've forgotten about them. There are a couple of details I want us to see. And there are details that really I think are seen best in something, something that Rembrandt made. Um, Rembrandt was so inspired by this story that he painted. He painted this masterpiece. We actually have it hanging in several locations in our church. It's, it's kind of a calling card of who we want to be. Um, and for Rembrandt, for some reason, for Rembrandt, the, the heart of this story, the heart of this painting, you see, it's the father's hands. And if you look really closely at him, what, what we notice is that the hands, the hands are different. Um, one of them is masculine and strong. It's guarding, it's protecting, it's, it's guiding that family. The, the other hand is delicate, it's, it's more feminine, it's tender reaching out, loving, holding that boy close, holding his boy close. The hands are different and, and yet they're incomplete without each other. A wonderful, all-encompassing image, profound image of God. And there's, there's something else going on in, in this text. All right, um, did you notice that the father didn't just begrudgingly receive his son back? He ran to him. He ran to him, threw his arms around him. Here, let's, let's read back to, to verse 22. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, 
Bring out a robe, the best one, not just any robe. Bring the best robe and put, put it on him and put a ring on his finger, put sandals on his feet. It's this picture of reconciliation. The, the, robe, the robe was a symbol of honor. Only family members got to wear the robe. This was the same robe that his father wore. It's the same robe that, that his brother wore. He was brought back in, put a ring on his finger. The ring was a symbol of authority. It was a signet ring. It gave him the authority. It gave him agency in the family business. He could spend those funds, which, you know, he had some experience doing. Put sandals on his feet. And the sandals, this picture of identity, his, his inclusion again, his reconciliation back to the family because only family members, back in this, only family members wore shoes. Servants didn't wear shoes. Slaves didn't wear shoes. Shoes, shoes were a sign of freedom. And I got to believe that there are some of us in here this morning that, that we're here and that's what we're looking for. That's what we're needing. We need freedom because we are bound up. We are tied down by so much right now, so much fear, anxiety, stress about our marriages, about our kids, about our health, our jobs, our country, our church, and what we desperately need right now in this moment, we need freedom and grace and love and mercy and acceptance. We need this moment right here. And I know that, I know that from the inside because I, I'm a prodigal. I'm a prodigal. I'm, I'm not the father, but I'm supposed to be. We are supposed to be. All of us who claim Jesus Christ were called to be the father. Do you remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? He said, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Jesus was saying, just, just do your job. Do that thing that, that you were put on earth to do. To, to love like him and to live like him and, and to serve like him. I'm, I'm not the father, but I'm supposed to be. And, and I can't write that. And I, and I couldn't think about something that happened. Goodness, it's, it's gotta be like 13 years ago. Now, our younger boy, Ford, who is now currently, he is a, a, a junior in high school. But at the time, 13 years ago, uh, he was in our preschool up at the church. And it was getting to be about this time of the year. Uh, it was getting to be Halloween season, but you know, we're a church in like the heart of the Bible belt. And so we don't really do, you know, we don't, we don't really do Halloween at our Christian school, right? But, but, but our teachers, they, they invited all of our students instead to come dressed up to school, come dressed up as your favorite Bible character. So Ford came home and he told Carrie and me, Ford came home, told my wife and me that he wanted to go to school dressed up like God. And I'll be honest with you, there was a part of me that was like, yeah, boy, I was so proud. I was proud of myself. I was like, man, dude, aim high. If you're going to be someone, be that, you know, uh, aim high. But, but there was another part of me, the sinking feeling in my gut. I just didn't know about it. Uh, I didn't know if it was somehow like idolatry or something. And so, so I, asked, I asked Dr. McKellar, I asked Pastor John about it. And I, I love what he said. He said, Todd, I am sure that God loves nothing more than when one of his kids wants to be like him. It was good counsel. And so Ford put on a white robe and he put on a white beard and, and with a gold crown on his head, he held the whole world in his hand. It was good counsel back then and it's still good counsel today for, for all we prodigals, for all we who have been who've been distanced from God, either by sin or sanctimony, by miles or mentality for, for all of us who've, who've always already had everything but just didn't know it. We're called to be the father. Um, and there are a couple of things going on here, right? That, that I wanna see if, if, if we're really gonna be these sort of Christians, if we're gonna live into our call to be these sort of, of Christians, to be Christians that make a difference, like, like an eternal sort of difference. Um, there are a couple of things that, that we're gonna need to see. Um, and, and the first one is this, 
is that the Father meets us where we are. The Father meets us where we are. The the Son was still a long ways off. The Father sees him. And he runs to him. In my mind's eye, this is the moment. This is the moment that this father had been dreaming of. This is the moment that the father had been praying for ever since his son left home. This is the moment every day he's standing on that porch, scanning the horizon, hoping against hope that that was going to be the day. That was going to be the day that his boy came home. And and on this day, he looks and he sees a, a, a familiar silhouette coming down the road. On this day, he... He looks and he starts to recognize a familiar sort of walk, a, a loping gait. And as soon as he recognizes it's his son, the father, he hikes up his robes and he tears across that field. He doesn't care how undignified he looks. His boys come back. That's all he's ever wanted. That, that was, was proof enough in the forgiveness. The forgiveness just flowed if we're going to be these sort of Christians, we, we got to learn to meet people where they're at too. To be agents of hope and healing and forgiveness. To let the forgiveness flow. And, and I know that's hard for a lot of us to understand, honestly. It's hard for, for me to understand because I, I, I think that a lot of us maybe, if I was a betting man, um, I would say probably most of us probably grew up with something in that, that angry God sort of image. Um, that God that was just waiting for us to step out of line so that he could, so that he could zap us, right? Um, and and maybe, maybe it wasn't so much that we were afraid that God was gonna wallop us with his bad stuff so much as it was that we were afraid that God, that God was gonna withhold from us his good stuff. We were afraid that, that God wouldn't, that God couldn't bless us. In fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was, reading through a website, I think it was like BuzzFeed or something like that. And they have some of those funny parenting posts. And there was this, this one woman, there was this one mom that posted this thing that just made me double over laughing. Uh, she said, my kid was being a brat, so I demarshmallowed his lucky charms. Now that's brilliant. That is a brilliant, like advanced parenting move right there. But what that is, that's, that's withholding the good stuff. Um, I mean, our God isn't like that. Our God wants to love us. Our God wants to forgive us. We just, we just got to give him a chance. We, we just, we just got to come home. And, and if that's hard for us to understand, you know what? It's even harder for us to do, for us to be the father. Um, because if we're honest, and I'll at least confess this about myself, um, I kind of want people to suffer. I mean, just a little bit. Whenever they've wronged me, I want them to suffer just, just a tad, just a smidge. I want them to come begging on their knees, begging for forgiveness. I want them to admit, I want them to know that they were wrong. I want to know that they feel terrible about what they did. But again, if we're really going to live into this call, to live and to love like the Father, then what we're going to have to learn is that that rarely ever happens. And so what we're going to have to learn to do is to take the first step. To take the first step towards forgiveness. To take the first step towards reconciliation. To love and to forgive the grace and mercy of God. Um, and, and I've been thinking back about my relationship with, with my dad especially my relationship with my dad growing up. And uh, my, dad, my dad was a quiet man. My dad is a, a quiet man. Uh, he was one of those strong, silent types that, that woke up early and he worked late. He was one of those sort of guys that, that really had trouble connecting with his then 17-year-old son, um, his 17-year-old boy that then um, thought he already knew it all. Um, but what my, father, what my father didn't know... Um, was my struggle with depression. Um, I'd, I'd hidden it from him. I'd hidden it from, from everyone. He didn't, he didn't know the, the deep, dark fear that I had of being alone and all the really dumb things I had done to, to make up for it. My dad just didn't know because ours was a polite but, but distant relationship. But I remember there was, there, was, there was just one moment. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I'd just gotten in from a, a trip that I was on with my youth group. 
And on the trip, I, I, I just bottomed out. I had gotten to the deepest, darkest, scariest point in my life, and it still is. It's the darkest moment of my life. Um, I came home, and I was seriously considering running away. Um, came home, and I was more seriously considering taking my life. And there was a knock at my door, and it was my dad. And, uh, and I let him in, and he walked in, and we sat together on my bed in silence. And... Um, and after a while, I just broke down. And through my tears, I told him everything that I was up against, everything I was thinking, everything that I was, I was feeling. And, and my, dad just, my dad just held me. And I can't ever remember my dad holding me like that, so safe, so secure, so, so tight. Um, and then he spoke. And he told me that he didn't understand. I told my dad told me that he didn't understand what I was thinking. He didn't understand what I was going through. But he told me that, that I was not alone. And even in that moment, even though his, his words couldn't understand, his presence did. And it spoke louder than any words ever could. He met me where I was, as I was. The Father meets us where we are. And he reminds us who we are. Because the robe, the ring, the sandals, they were just symbols. They were, they were outward visible symbols of an inward spiritual grace, an inward spiritual truth, a transformation. The truth that, that none of it, not our brokenness, not our woundedness, not our sin, our guilt, our shame, all the things the enemy wants to remind us of, they don't get to define us. They don't, they don't get to define us unless, unless we let them. They don't get to define us unless we let them because there's this promise, this, this beautiful, powerful promise in Scripture. It's a, it's a promise about redemption. That God can take all of our failures, that God can take all of our mistakes, and God can bring something beautiful out of them. All those things that for too often we have let define us, God takes them and he refines them and he redefines them and he reframes them and he refocuses them so that nothing is wasted. But God is this, this incredible artist that, that takes our trash and brings forth treasures. I mean, can you, can you just imagine? Can, can you imagine how the rest of this, this prodigal's life turned out? Can you imagine the way that he loved his dad? Can you imagine the way that he trusted his dad? Can you, can you imagine the way that he wanted to grow up to be just like his dad? That's my hope for all of us. I hope that we all have that experience. That's my prayer. That we all have that experience, that we all have that, we all have that desire, that we want to grow up to be like our dad, that, that we would wallow not with the hogs anymore, but that we would wallow in the endlessly beautiful, endlessly welcoming love of God that we would let that define us. That we would let that tell us who we are so that whenever this world calls us broken, we would hear the Father call us beloved. So that whenever this, this world calls us worthless, we would hear the Father call us worthwhile. So that whenever this world calls us hopeless and helpless, we'd hear the Father simply call us his. His sons, and his daughters, his prodigals coming home to stay as we pray. Our Lord, um, this morning we thank you for your love that knows no end, your love that knows no barrier. We thank you this morning for your grace and mercy, for your forgiveness that still runs to meet us. And yet for a lot of us, God, that's a hard trip. That's a really hard first step to take, especially if even right now we're scared of you. If even right now we're, we're worried that you're looking for some reason to get us, Lord, I, I pray even right now that, that you would come and you would heal those wounded places in our hearts. 
Those places wounded by fellow believers, those places wounded by the church, God, forgive us. Forgive us for what we've become and forgive us for what we've made you into. Correct us, Lord, bring us close. Closer to you and closer to each other. That we might reflect who you are into the world, into the community around us. God, we wanna make a difference. But we know we can only make a difference by we ourselves actually being different. And so God, we ask that you would work your will in us, that you would have your way in us. God, come to us. Fill us as individuals. God, I pray fill this church with the power and direction of your Holy Spirit. God, be with the staff, be with the clergy, be with the leaders, be with the laity, Lord. Inspire them and encourage them. Grow them as they, they reach out into this community to make a difference in your name. God, we, we simply wanna be faithful to follow where it is that, that you lead. We simply wanna return. God, embrace us and welcome us home as we offer you our lives, just as we offer you this prayer. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. At the end of every service of worship, we invite those who would like to be a part of our church, uh, to be a part of our community as, as we seek to be that beloved parent um, that welcomes all uh, just as they are, that reminds them that they are beloved, um, that gives hope and life and light in this world where there are so many messages that say otherwise. Uh, we know that as a church that we don't always get it 100% right, um, but we are seeking that grace of God and to live into it. And if you would like to be a part of that uh, in an official way, uh, we would love to welcome you. And if you would like to be a part of that as we sing this last song, this last song that, that speaks of that transformation that God offers in our lives, um, we invite you to come forward. I'll be standing over here um, and then we can give you the vows of membership and welcome you to our church family. But let this last song be this invitation for all of us uh, to acknowledge the transformation uh, that God offers us with God's amazing grace. Uh, let's stand and sing together. just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is love Every stronghold shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold 
Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus Shout Jesus from the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name and God's presence goes with us wherever we go. A couple of things as you go forth today. Again, we're so thankful for your presence. Um, and Dr. Renner will, I know, love to meet you uh, as we leave today. Uh, two things. Next week uh, is Trunk or Treat on Sunday afternoon. Uh, last year, we had like 500 kids from our church and community that came. And we would love to have you be a part of that. We would love to have you help welcome all of those folks uh, and make them feel that love of God uh, with us next week. Also, on November 13th is our Veterans Day luncheon, and there are sign-ups in the lobby. Uh, we want to say thank you uh, to those who have served, um, and thank you all for being here today. We're so thankful for your presence. I hear at your trunk or treat, y'all have a cotton candy machine. Yes, yes. So if you're looking for a reason, I'm just saying cotton candy. And live animals. And live animals. Yeah, so if I weren't five hours away, I would actually be here. I may try to find a reason that if maybe we can get some of that, that barbecue again. Uh -huh. uh, uh, again, friends, thank you so much for being here. It's been a real honor to get to, to share and worship with y'all. Uh, and until we see each other again next time, go and be the church. Go to, to be the answer to someone's prayer. Go that, be that miracle that they're waiting for as you love mercy and as you work justly. Friends, go. Walk humbly with your God. Amen. Amen.